Welcome back to this week's episode of The Big Sky Now. On this week's episode, back at it again is the one and only Fritz Neighbor of the Daily Interlake. Talk a little Grizzlies football, Big Sky football through week two. And we're going to talk a little bit about that Montana State last second nail bite loss versus South Dakota State, the number one team in the nation. It was a thriller, no doubt about it. On next week's show, we're hoping to put a little panel together of Northwest-based sports reporters, talk a little Big Sky action, have some reporters from Idaho, Washington, Montana, talk a little bit of Big Sky football in general, Idaho, Eastern Washington, definitely going to be mixing them in, and don't don't think we're not going to be talking a lot of Montana State and Grizzlies as well. So looking forward to that panel next week. Hopefully we'll have that together for all you Big Sky football fans, get some knowledge from around the region, dive in all the teams. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of great Big Sky football to talk on this week's show, though, so let's get into it with the one and only Fritz Neighbor. All right. Thanks, as always, for taking the time, Fritz. We're going to talk a little Grizz football, some Big Sky football. Back again with the one and only Fritz Neighbor. Um, anything you want to start out with, Fritz? If not, I did want to talk a little about the Grizz running back room, but anything you ready to dive into? or <laughs> No, we can start there. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, this year's running back room, they look loaded with talent. Nick Osmo was the go-to guy last year. His debut this year came against Utah Tech. Looked like a machine, 118 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Eli Gilman looks to be emerging as a big-time contributor, and then they have Xavier Harris excuse me, and Isaiah Childs. Just wanted to get your thoughts on the Grizzlies running back room. Are they one of the best in the conference? And then going to more depth, I know you, you're familiar with offensive coordinator Brent Pease. Do you think they'll continue to lean on the run game like they have early? Because that running back room looks loaded to me, and then Clifton McDowell's a good runner as well, just to dive into it. Yeah, no, I think um... – I think what you saw last week is the way Bobby Hawk would like to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, having a power running game, being able to dictate uh, the action, keep the ball out of the other team's hands, score. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, he would love to be able to run it, you know, 45 times a game and get first downs mm-hmm. uh, with every two runs. Uh, Osmo, welcome back to him. He uh, He's a very explosive back. You saw it on that 47-yard mm-hmm. run where he just flat out ran everybody. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, he's also, uh, he gets banged up. He mm-hmm. was banged up off and on last year. Yep. Missed the first game this year. Um, Gilman is a retro freshman, is very talented. Um, then we mentioned, you know, Harris mm-hmm. and, and the like. And, uh, yeah, it's a good running back room. I, I, I think uh, the offensive line's gotten better and better mm-hmm. slowly in this second tenure of Bobby's. Mm-hmm. Uh, run as coach, so, um, but I, I was a little surprised that uh, not only did they go with with McDowell as a starter, um, but uh, he played most of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, if if they really were getting in, in the, uh, if they were behind the sticks a lot, then I imagine we would have seen the throwing mm-hmm. side of the quarterback tandem a little bit more. But it wasn't needed at Utah Tech. Utah Tech's not very good, mm-hmm. at least you know compared to the Big Sky schools they've yeah. played so far. They get NEU this weekend. We'll see how that goes. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, and I asked that because it seemed like one takeaway I had, I watched the Bobcats, and they have so much talent running the football at their quarterbacks, but none of their running backs have, like, stood out. Humphrey had a big week one, but, again, versus Utah Tech, some of that came in garbage time. point I'm getting at is you could almost say the Grizz could more complete rushing attack and not more better than the Bobcats, but you look at the running back core, and I'm like, you can rely on that, whereas the running quarterbacks, I worry down the stretch with injuries, um, I was going to ask you any other takeaways from that Utah Tech game. One thing that stood out to me, I heard the Utah Tech announcer say the Grizz O-line and D-line has been equally impressive as the Bobcats in week one. The Bobcats last year won the conference. They're nationally ranked number three. 
But that's a good sign for the Grizz because football games a lot of time one up front. So that's that's my main takeaway from that. They're loaded up front. Just any other takeaways from the Utah Tech game? Well, I, I think it's interesting um, that they do that comparison. Um, I, I think it's worth noting, um, moving away from Utah Tech and to last week's showdown at, at South Dakota State mm-hmm. with, the, with the Cats, you know, I think last year in the semis, they ran for 58 yards. Mm-hmm. It was all on a terrible field, terrible mm-hmm. conditions. But, mm-hmm. you know, this time they ran, they, they ran for 221, and the – Man, it looked like they had that game one with mm-hmm. that with that last uh, second pass, mm-hmm. zeros on the board, and mm-hmm. and the back judge doing this. So um, tough call, tough review. Yeah, I think it was about. I think it was the uh, Missouri Valley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds about. I've right. seen I've seen that a lot. Um, you know, play reviews are great until uh, until you go to James Madison and you see two of them get overturned. <laughs> You're like something fishy in is favor going of James on. Madison mm-hmm. in 2008. Anyway. I guess I'm over that by now. But, um, <laughs> Just barely. But, no. yeah, you know, I think the Cats are everybody as good as advertised. Too. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it'll, it'll be a great game. Looking ahead to November when the, when they come over to Washington Grizzly State. Yeah. No, and I, I guess I don't want to jump ahead too far, but you bring up the Cats and their outlook for the season. I think I'm very high on that team, obviously. It's easy to say that. But the one concern I have the more I watch is, their quarterbacks get banged up. They run the football a ton. That comes with the territory. Right. Do they need to maybe change up their offensive game plan just a little bit, take a little of the load off Milan Chambers, keep them fresh for the postseason run? Because last season versus South Dakota State, Milan in that game on the ice, all that, he was getting banged up as well. So and Chambers dealt with injuries. So that would be my only question about the Bobcats is, do they need to put some wrinkles in the passing game, put the ball in the running back's hands more? Because got to keep those guys fresh for the postseason or it's you know, it just changes the game completely. So. Yeah, I don't think either one of those quarterbacks is a quote-unquote throwing quarterback. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Tommy's a great player mm-hmm. and kind of a miracle worker. and But he's also been baked up more than once. So when it happens again mm-hmm. – um, you know, it happened in the championship game two years ago at North Dakota State versus North Dakota State, I should say, mm-hmm. in Texas. Uh, then it happened against Saturday, and I don't know what his status is this weekend. Mm-hmm. They won't need him, I don't think, against the Stetson Headers. Yeah. But, yeah, they're, they're putting a lot on those running quarterbacks. It's a great offense. It's a great uh, way to, to give defenses a problems when you do the plus one running mm-hmm. game. And, and they're both really good runners, but... They also have good running backs. We just didn't really see it because South Dakota State's so good. Yeah, and and they were going all in. They I know we had talked last week. Coach Vegan was saying that was like the bulletin board game. They were looking forward to getting that one back. So they went all in. They were looking to win. I, that was my only takeaway, though. I'm like, throughout the whole season, you cannot let Tommy Mallott and Sean Chambers get banged up because then come FCS playoffs, it's like you're rewriting the script. So that was my only concern. Back, back to the Grizz, I did want to ask you, they're set to take on the number one D2 school in the nation, kind of an interesting matchup. I was shocked to see the Grizz are only 14-and-a-half-point favorites, so Fair State's getting some respect in this game. Just anything you know about Fair State and the program and just kind of what do you expect to see from the Grizz? Yeah, you know, um, it's a D2 power. Mm-hmm. They've won 28 straight on the road, so they must travel well. Yeah. Um, you wonder how they'll deal with the crowd at Washington Grizz. I've seen, you know, they have a 13,000-seat stadium. That's solid. In uh, Big Rapids, Michigan. Um, they play two quarterbacks, and they both seem to be a handful. The, the left-handed starter, uh, Milik Mitchell, he's pretty good, completes a high percentage. And then um, 
as a freshman last year, uh, the backup, the backup Carson Golker, mm-hmm. what a good name. He uh, rushed for 31 touchdowns for him last year. Oh, jeez. Hey, I was pretty excited about watching last year's D2 championship because it was Colorado School of Mines, mm-hmm. and they just thumped him, 41-14. So they're good. They, they just graduated a defensive end of the NFL. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they, they've got some players. I think there's going to be enough of a talent deficit, 36 scholarships versus 63 yeah. scholarships, that, that they'll wear down. But I've seen Central Washington come in with Mike Riley from Kalispell, mm-hmm. from Flathead High, and uh, play the Grizz tough and lose by a touchdown. Um, I've seen D2 schools going with uh, Danny Woodward, going to Bobcat Stadium and win. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll be a tough game. I, I think it'll be Grizz by 10. And I, that- I would take the points. Yeah, and that's a, that, that's a lot closer than initially. I'm, I saw that on the line there. I was like, oh, my gosh, so this is going to be a good one. At first, you write off a D2 school, and then I guess that leads me into one to ask you, just someone who's followed the Big Sky, fan of the Grizz, fan of the Big Sky, just your thoughts on teams taking that route where they schedule maybe, I wouldn't call Fair State lower competition because they're the real deal, it sounds like. They're probably more talented than some of the lower FCS schools, it sounds like. But the, taking the lower conference games versus you got Idaho playing Pac-12 school and Cal this week, do you have any preference on it all? And there's really no right or wrong answer. Just kind of your thoughts on covering it over the years, if you see any difference in teams preparing, anything like that. Well, I, I think uh, I think if I was Bobby, I'd rather play Western Oregon than Ferris State mm-hmm. as far as D2 schools go. Um, I don't know. when the A few years ago when I was a much younger man, uh, University of Montana misplaced a million dollars in their athletic budget. They're in a deficit. Oh, geez. So they started scheduling big games, mm-hmm. big, big pay paydays. Got to do what you got to do. And uh, every time they did, uh, they got beat, and they got beat up. Mm-hmm. I think it affected them later in the season. I mean, there's attrition every season. You get guys being up, but um, Josh Schwager breaking a finger at Iowa, you know. It just it, it wears on a team to go up a level and play a Pac-12 or a Big Ten school. It's mm-hmm. fun. I mean, Iowa, Iowa City was amazing. But um, – yeah, it's just uh, it's a tough road to hoe. And when, once they made up that deficit, they didn't, they didn't schedule those games anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them. Yeah, and that I'm kind of in the same boat as you were on paper at first. You go scheduling the D two matchup. You take is that a, and like I said, Fair State's the real deal. But is it the cakewalk approach? This and that. And then I think I always think of Nick Saban and the SEC people giving him crap for 15 years because he always schedules this year. They lost to Texas. That being said, they usually have a couple cakewalks on the schedule, but. Seems like it works, I, and that's my bigger point is the war of attrition. It's like keep guys healthy. Rather, go in and play a cow this week, risk it, and a guy hurt for conference player. Let's try to go and get a – I don't want to say cruise to a victory, but have that chance to maybe rest your starters, whatever it may be. Again, this is a step up in your typical lower conference game, but I agree completely. I just thought it was interesting because it is – it's a fine line between playing a cow and then – I know Idaho did beat Nevada last week, and they got paid to do that. That's interesting, but – the risk is there for injury, and yes, exactly. It's like, plus your team could get demoralized. <laughs> you lose 70-3, to three, all of a sudden it turns mm-hmm. some heads. So, no, that, that was my big one there. As far as other Big Sky stuff, I did want to ask you a little bit about Nevada. Just, excuse me, uh, Idaho's win over Nevada. Your thoughts on that and just getting a win over FBS school, just solidifying them as being back kind of your thoughts on Idaho right now. We talked about them last week, but they're the real deal. Yeah, well, I think – I was trying to remember if Idaho and Nevada, once they left the Big Sky, mm-hmm. Idaho left in 96, Nevada left before that, mm-hmm. back when we called them Nevada Reno. And, uh, you know, um, Nevada's down, mm-hmm. uh, but they still had to pay Idaho 400 grand to come down and beat them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, 
did you see the Kibby Dome tweet? Kibby Dome has its own tweet. Mm-hmm. And they said, what, what should we buy? Oh, yeah. All, time to treat ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, su- I suggested an above-ground pool. But there, I, didn't, I didn't get a response. Hey, that's not a bad idea right there. But I, I think Idaho is the real deal. I think we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Johnny McCoy and uh, Hayden Hatton. Hayden Hatton is the second coming of Cooper Cup. So mm-hmm. concerned. He's really good. Yeah. No, so. I've thought that too as well. No, I had to bring it up because that's an impressive one. We were kind of just talking about the level of competition. So every once in a while it does go. You go beat an FBS school. But, yeah, for the most part you're putting your team at risk to get blown out, have injuries, all those things. So I agree. I'm not the biggest fan of going and playing a game that you're going to get crushed in. Rather play a most close to competition you can or go in and do the crushing. Anyway, so – Back to the big sky as a whole, I did want to ask. Right now, there's six teams in the top 25, according to the Stats FCS poll and, I believe, the Coaches poll. In the Coaches poll, yeah, six teams. you got UC Davis 16th, Montana's 11th, Idaho 10th, Weber State 7th, Sac State 6th, and Montana State leads the pack as the number three team in the nation. I just want to get your thoughts on, has there ever been a time the modern big sky's been this deep, and have, has there ever been six nationally ranked teams that you can remember? Well, I think I think it happened last year. Okay. And um, toward the end, it seemed like um, seemed like me that uh, Davis could have easily gone into the FCA playoffs mm-hmm. ahead of Montana, and then Montana got got in because mm-hmm. you know, I think a little bit of that is they write nice checks to the NCAA, mm-hmm. guaranteeing how much money they'll make off mm-hmm. ticket sales. So, yeah, could have been five teams got in last year. Could have been six. I don't think I think six is that's a big ask. But I think five will get in this year, just depending on how it all shakes out down the stretch. Uh, Montana's schedule is much more favorable this year than last year. Mm-hmm. Last year's was brutal. Yeah. Having Weber and Montana State and somebody else on the road. Sac, Sac State, State. Yeah. And had, had Sac State beat, it seemed like. So, you know, I think Montana's looking good. Montana State's looking good. Idaho looks great. Um, we didn't mention Weber State last, last time, and mm-hmm. we got to mention them. I don't think they're quite as good as last year, but mm-hmm. they're still good. And uh, I think Davis is going to march into the playoffs. Continue to emerge. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Weber State. That was one of the last things I did want to ask you because we didn't talk about them last week. Do you know anything about this year's Weber State squad or any kind of thing on the radar for them? Because they're kind of, I don't want to say the team left out, but I hear a lot of Montana State, Idaho. You hear the Grizz a lot, Sac State. Weber State's kind of floating in there as like the number school uh, seven school in the whole nation. So just your thoughts on them this year. I know you said probably not as good as years past, but just maybe yeah. expectations. Yeah, there. kind of laying in the weeds. Yeah. The same with Sac State. They both have new coaches mm-hmm. um, and are coming off great seasons. And I'm just kind of taking a wait and see. I don't really – haven't delved them too deeply. I don't believe the Grizz plan this year. Yeah, I'm not – I'll have to – I'll check but, the um, schedule real quick. No, I'm sure they don't because they would have played them at home if they played them. And they don't play them. So okay, um, I think um, I think they're good. I just think that uh, there might be two or three teams in the Big Sky that are better. Yeah, and that's just like we we're. Ta- I was literally I wrote it down in my notes. I'm like the number ten team in the country might finish fourth in the Big Sky. So it's pretty crazy right now. I, I mean, I haven't followed FCS football for all that long, but right now they seem like the best conference as far as depth goes in the nation. That. Missouri Valley, you have so much top-heavy there. But, I mean, as far as depth goes, they have the most teams in the top 25. The big sky's loaded right now. So, like you said, kind of just wait and see how some of these teams do. New head coach, Weber State, Sac State, I think that's the biggest thing. Just once conference play begins, does, you know, the new coaches adapt or is it a step up in competition? So, we'll wait and see. I, yeah, we had to mention Weber State because they're 
right there laying in the weeds, like you said, top 10 team in the nation. So, anyways, anything other than that, Fritz, you want to throw out there? Always good talking some big sky, a lot of... A lot of action to build on as we get ready for conference play. I feel like this week's kind of you have a couple blowouts on the horizon maybe, signing some FBS versus SCFs matchups, and the next week it all really begins. <laughs> right. And, um, yeah, I think it's a great game for the Grizz to uh, to take on as they head into conference play. Mm-hmm. It should be a, a good test. It's a night game. I don't really like those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's a blackout game. I think everybody's wearing black. Grizz will have black unis. Oh, I saw those online, yep. I think a certain legendary quarterback might be raising a 37 flag since the uh, San Peters are off this week. Oh, there we go. But, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it, making the trip down I-93 and watching a little football Saturday night. There you go. That's what it's all about, Fritz. Well, thank you as always for your time, Fritz. I'm looking forward to it as well. Does Not every day you get to see a team on, what is it, 29-game winning streak on the road. So, regardless if they're a D2 school, they're doing something right. They're a power in their own right, so they're going to be well coached. They're going to be in the right position, and they're not going to beat themselves most likely. So it's going to be a fun football game regardless. Looking forward to it. Another weekend of Big Sky football on the horizon. So thanks always, Fritz, and have a good one, and chat soon. Thanks, Josh. All right.